Welcome to Edwards Beyond the Test, a podcast that goes behind the scenes of the flight test mission at Edwards Air Force Base. I'm Don Waldman from the 412th Test Wing Public Affairs. This episode is being recorded during the time of the COVID-19 pandemic that has plagued the world. Here at Edwards Air Force Base, only mission essential personnel are reporting to work as the base continues its critical flight test mission in support of the warfighter. While many activities on base have shut down, the work of the 412 Force Support Squadron continues operations in key areas to support our airmen and their families. One of those areas is child care, which continues operations in support of those who are mission essential with children. Mr. Anthony Coward is the Child and Youth Program's Flight Chief. Anthony, thanks so much for being here today. You know, we're on the phone minding our social distancing today. Oh, well, thank you for having me. It's uh, pretty, pretty exciting to uh, have this opportunity to talk about our programs. Well, first of all, what encompasses child and youth programs as part of the Force Support Squadron here at Edwards? So here at Edwards, our child and youth programs it, it encompasses seven programs, um, which is our CDC, our school-age care, our youth programs. Uh, we have sports. We have our team program. Um, we also have our FCC, which is our family child care, um, which is in-home care. And we also have our school liaison. So during this quarantine time, you know, because of the COVID-19 pandemic, what facilities that you oversee are currently open? So currently, we have our CDC and our school-age facilities that are open right now. Um, they're right next to each other, which is uh, really convenient for our families. Um, and we're also providing care just for our mission essential members only right now. So right. if people have to be at work, <clears throat> um, we, ha we still are open for those uh, airmen that need to have child care while they're out providing for the mission. About how many children are at the CDC and also at the school-age annex right now? Uh, so basically, because of what we have going on with the pandemic with COVID-19, um, we routinely would have a lot more children than I'm about to say, but right now, currently, we're averaging about 20 kids at our CDC and about 12 at our school age each day. Wow, that is a huge reduction. Yes, huge reduction. So during this time in our world, sanitation is key. So what sanitation measures are these facilities employing? So because we're the CDC and the school age, we always practice um, cleaning and sanitation in our facilities anyway. We work with children, so hand washing has always been a big thing. Um, but we've added uh, hand sanitizer and wipes to our sign-in stations at the CDC. Um, we've also kind of done those same things over at the school age. Our staff are just being more vigilant um, when it comes to increasing their cleaning and sanitizing capabilities. So um, hygiene is also a big thing. So we we have things. We've done small things like move around mats and cribs at the CDC, um, making sure that we're being more just recognizing that our like with the coughing and the shortness of breath, things like that, fevers. We're checking those things um, more and more these days to make sure our kids are, are healthy and our staff too. Um, I just know with hand washing, that's super important. We've also had to minimize how we have program visitors. So some of our programming where we have volunteers come by, we, we've had to stop doing those things so we can limit the amount of people that are coming in or out of our facilities. 
since you don't have all the children there at one time as you normally would, you have more rooms available and you're able to isolate the current children far better than before. But are they missing each other, do you think? <laughs> I think they are definitely missing each other. Uh, social distancing is really hard to uh, have a two-year-old understand. And so we, we have lowered ratio, as in fact, uh, with separating the kids. Um, but we, we like again, we try to be as vigilant as possible with making sure our kids are not touching each other's faces and you know sharing germs of that matter because you know kids will be kids, um, but at the same time our staff they're being great with uh, making sure the ratio is a little smaller. It's a little less uh, exciting each day because we don't have as many children, um, but we're still all able to offer that quality care for all the kids, but just a little bit more safer because of this time. Is a drop-off and pick-up protocol pretty much the same as compared to pre-COVID-19 times? Uh, it is the same. So we, parents are always able to come in and sign in. Um, like I said, the only thing we've kind of added was the hand sanitizer at the sign-in stations, but everything is pretty status quo. Uh, parents are able to come in, and they, they expect that same care that they've always been getting. So they just come in, sign in, drop off their children, and they get the same quality care. So, Anthony, are employees now wearing face masks and gloves? They are. So yesterday, our great FSS chief, Chief Comer, she was able to acquire some of those things and take them over to my staff yesterday um, so they can have those, um, you know, because that new guidance came out yesterday. So we wanted to do that, and she was able to get those to them. And also the staff are just being really creative at this point with materials that we have in our facilities, and they're doing little projects with our kids and making their own masks. So. Well, you know, during normal times, snacks and meals are provided to the children. Is that still going on? Yes, of course. Um, we have our USDA-approved uh, menu that comes from the Air Force, and that those things will still continue. Luckily, our vendors are able to still get on base to provide our food that we give them. Um, and in all actuality, we've actually increased um, the, the provided meals because over at school age, they're typically giving um, – before school care and after school care, which is just a breakfast and a snack. So because we're offering all day care at school age, we're able to give them a lunch meal too. Well, that's fantastic. I didn't realize you were doing that. Yes, ma'am. We, we, every time we have a, a, a day out of school or an off day <clears throat> for the kids to be at school age when we offer all day care, they, you know, they get breakfast, lunch, and snacks. So we're able to do that each day now. Well, Anthony, let's talk about the staff at the Child Development Center and at the School Age Annex. They're working during a very stressful time, and it's uncertain as well. How are they maintaining work as well as their own lives? Yeah, so right now we, we've been lucky enough to be able to do the kind of the blue and silver schedule that a lot of the Air Force members are doing um, with our civilian employees. So um, everybody is coming into work, willing to work um, during this tough time. Um, I know a lot of people are actually enjoying the time off that they can get, um, and some people are still obviously working hard for us and providing for this mission at this time. So right now it is stressful, um, but some people are just really happy to still be able to come to work and provide care for our families um, and also just working really hard and being happy and providing that support. That is awesome. Well, you know, Anthony, before I let you go, your programs, they're such a critical part of the Edwards mission. Is there anything you'd like to add? So I really just want to take the opportunity to say thank you to all of our caregivers in our programs, both our CDC and school age, even our family child care uh, homes that are providing care. Um, 
they are, I just want to say thank you for, for caring for our military children, our military youth, um, providing this care, coming to work each and every day. I love it. I know they love it. Um, it's the month of the military child, and so we're doing Purple Up for all our military kids. It's a little different because we don't have as many children um, in the programs, but my staff are still coming to work every day and working really hard. Um, it's really shows how important they are, how dedicated they are. They're the front line when it comes to child and youth professionals, and they're coming to work each and every day, continuing to serve, and they're providing that quality care that all of our parents expect. And that's what I expect, and I'm so glad that my staff are holding down the fort right now in support of our military mission here at Edwards. Many thanks to Mr. Anthony Coward for sharing with us today and taking us beyond the test. When we come back, we'll learn more about the Child Development Center and what's happening there during this COVID-19 pandemic. Welcome back to Edwards Beyond the Test. We're now talking with Ms. Latia Wilson, who is the director of the Child Development Center at Edwards. Thank you so much for calling in today. Oh, thank you for having me. Latia, the Child Development Center has remained open to support our families who are mission essential and continue to work during the COVID-19 pandemic. About how many children are attending and what are their ages? Well, currently we have um, approximately 20 children that are attending and the ages are ranging from six weeks old to five years old. Well, isn't that a huge reduction for the normal amount of children in your daily care? Yes, ma'am. Um, we have a total of 283 children enrolled, and so it's, yes, extreme, it's been reduced down to 20 um, to, because of the COVID-19 um, situation that we're experiencing. Well, Ms. Latia, what is the current ratio of caregivers to children, and is your entire staff of caregivers currently working? Um, no, our entire staff of caregivers, is, uh, they're not currently working. Um, our ratio, so for example, for infants, our ratio is four to one. So it would be four infants to one caregiver. Giver. Um, and it grows. So 12 to one for preschool. Um, our toddlers, which are two to 36 months, their uh, ratio is seven to one. And then we have our pre-toddlers, ratio is five to one. Um, because of we've been able to reduce the amount of children in our care, if we're needing to branch off or spread out, we're able to do that. Um, to to um, encourage social distancing, but still providing the care that we're needing to do for our children. Oh, no doubt. You probably have a lot of empty classrooms right now. We do have a lot of empty classrooms, and at this time, um, we've been very lucky to where our staff is on. Week on, we have a st um, different staff each week um, to give our staff even the opportunity to practice that social distancing um, by staying home um, for a week and then coming in the next, for the following week. Well, with so few children in attendance, what's the average day like these days? The average day like these days, um, it's been very, it's very quiet. <laughs> oh, no <It's>, doubt. Yes. <laughs> it's very quiet, and our staff is actually missing our um, children and missing the hustle and bustle that we normally go through daily. Um, so we're, um, it's very, it's it's very quiet, um, even though with the only having 20 children, um, the staff is, you know, they're able to get the care, more care, of course, that they, um, they're able to get. Um, we're still having activities. We're still engaging with them. Um, they're getting their snacks and their meals on time. Um, so they're still being developed. Um, they're still getting opportunity to learn things while they're here. So that hasn't changed. It's just the ratios changed. 
Well, this is April, and despite COVID-19, it is the month of the military child. Now, Ms. Latia, that's a special time for the Child Development Center, isn't it? It is a very special time, and it's one of our um, happiest times. We enjoy our children throughout the whole entire year. Um, This specific month is geared towards us celebrating them a little bit more. Um, So we normally have activities with our families where the families come out. We have festivals, um, science fairs. Um, things like that. So um, because of COVID-19, unfortunately, we're not able to have the large gatherings and groups. So what we have created is a a virtual um, calendar to where we can celebrate our children and our families can do the same at home with the things that they have in their home. Um, So, for example, um, like on tomorrow, it will be a hand-washing experiment, and I provided a video, a YouTube video, and what materials is needed is like water, pepper, um, things like that. So they can show them how germs, you know, how to actually wash your hands and what um, experiencing what germs are and how to get rid of germs. So um, it's an interactive activity that the parents can do. It's very quick, and it's also engaging as a science activity. So they're still developing while they're at home. Well, that's very innovative. It is. I I. It's, you know, my families, um, they still reach out to us. They still ask questions. They want to know. There's some that are wanting lesson plans, and there's some are, like, for example, I had a family want to know how do we cook our food because the children are not eating some of the things they're cooking at home that they would eat here. So giving them feedback on that and hopefully helping them during this time because, you know, I'm quite sure some are working from home and also watching their children at the same time, so I know that could be a task. Um, Also, I want to share we have a Spirit Week that's going to be coming up on the 19th of this month where um, the parents are able to do some wacky things with the children at home, like Crazy Hair Day, uh, wearing red, white, and blue. And then, of course, on the um, 22nd, we purple up. Everybody dress where they purple. Um, So it's really, you know, keeping them engaged, letting them know that we're still here, um, we're not going to stop celebrating our babies because they're not physically here. Well, for children, their child care providers and facilities, they're a huge part of their lives. And for the hundreds that cannot be there right now, they must be really missing you all and what you're doing with Spirit Week and the virtual learning. It's got to mean a lot to them. Well, and we hope and so. We, I've been getting a lot of positive feedback from our families. Um, we're actually doing um, the doors. Um, the, the teachers are decorating their doors with the name of their children. And um, they're actually saying, you know, we're videotaping them so they can upload their, and you know, what they want to share with their families, how they miss them. They're hoping they're safe. They're okay. Um, just letting them know um, that even though their presence is not here, they're always in our hearts. So we miss them. And um, we're, you know, here if they ever need to reach out to us. Um, and we're just waiting for all this to be done and over with so they can come back. Well, because of the COVID-19 pandemic, a lot of us who are not mission essential are quarantined at our homes to no fault of our own. In normal times, parents pay fees to hold their enrollment spots, even when they can't attend. Is that the case happening right now? Um, No, ma'am. Right now, because of COVID-19 and the pandemic that we're facing, um, our families all can, they all have retained their spots. Um, They will not lose their spot of care. Um, And in addition to that, we're only charging them for the time that they're here. Um, So the payments have been suspended, and um, the only time that they will be receiving a charge is if their child is in our facility. 
um, is the only time and for the time that they're here. So um, none of our families will lose their spots. Well, that is wonderful to hear. Well, Atia, when we previously spoke, you told me about the staff you have there. You said they are amazing. And how are they holding up these days? Oh, they are amazing. Um, it's what pushed me and what drives me is my children that I serve, my family, and, of course, my staff. Um, they are holding up. You know, we do have some um, because of this COVID-19. It's, it's unfamiliar for all of us. Um, so some have selected to stay home and weigh out the time, and they're still employed. They're not losing their employment or anything like that. It's just we're, we understand. We want them to feel comfortable and feel safe. Um, we do have some that are on the front lines, and those are the ones that are participating in our um, teams, where Team A is on one week, Team B is off, and um, vice versa. So um, they are doing what we do best for our mission to make sure we're supporting um, the 412 FSS and Edwards Air Force. Well, Ms. Latia, we all appreciate what you and your team are doing to support our mission and our families at Edwards. And before I let you go, is there anything you'd like to add? I thank you for this opportunity um, to um, have this, um, actually this podcast and the questions, um, and sharing with our families and with our Edwards Air Force family um, that we are striving daily to make sure that we're meeting their needs and that we're being the best that we can to support them. Um, and we thank them for this opportunity for allowing us to even care for their children. Um, and um, thank you for this opportunity to even speak with us concerning that. Many thanks to Ms. Latia Wilson for taking us beyond the test and telling us about the Child Development Center during the COVID-19 crisis. When we come back, we'll talk with Sid Melvin, who manages the Rossberg Fitness Center, and we'll learn how he and his team are maintaining fitness capabilities for our airmen. Welcome back to Edwards Beyond the Test. Today we're going behind the scenes of just a few of the many services provided to Team Edwards by the 412th Force Support Squadron that are maintaining operations during the worldwide COVID-19 pandemic. So, Sydney, thank you so much for being with us today. So you are the operations manager over at the Rossberg Fitness Center. You've, you've been there for how long now? I've been here for about eight to nine years. Somewhere between there. Started from the bottom and just working my way up. You have seen then the fitness center in normal days, and now as we have the COVID-19 crisis happening, for a while you had to shut the fitness center down, but you said it's back open. Can you tell me what's happening there? Uh, we actually went to active duty members only, uh, just to cut out and kind of control the environment that we're letting in. We also, uh, reservists on orders can also come inside the gym. To enter the gym, uh, We've uh, been blessed by public health. They gave us a hand wash station to ensure all customers that come into the gym wash their hands. So anything they touch or been in contact with on the outside world doesn't come inside the gym. Uh, we've put up three more hand sanitizing stations. So as you enter different rooms and go out different rooms, you can just pump the hand sanitizer in your hand just to give customers that feel good about coming to the gym. Uh, we also we're also we're walking around constantly cleaning uh, cleaning the equipment after customers, just making sure everything stays sanitized as best we can. There's a we've cut down the equipment, so as far as on the cardio side, it's like every other piece of equipment is available for use, just to ensure social distancing. And those are like uh, 
we'll say those areas you get your heart rate up a lot. So there's a lot of heavy breathing going on in those rooms. So kind of just to keep them people from breathing on each other and just germs passing on each other. Well, I've been in the gym before, and and uh, there's a lot of equipment in there, and a lot of it's close together. So it sounds like you are taking those measures to ensure that the people are working out safely and not on top of each other, so to speak. Yes, we were absolutely doing our best for that. And like I said, you're not required to wear a mask, but if you're working out and you have a workout partner, then you will be required to wear a mask if you're not going to uh, use a six-feet social distancing. So. Just trying to ensure we keep everybody healthy that comes through the fitness center. We don't want no cases over here. That's exactly right. Now, the locker rooms are still available? Yes, the locker rooms are available. Uh, we have signs on, a, I say about every five lockers has a sign or signs saying that you cannot use them. And then the ones that don't are available just to ensure the social distancing in there, too. Uh, with the cutback of customers, and then a lot of people are not working, so they're not coming from work to the gym so they don't really need to change their clothes so the locker room has been getting minimal use anyway but we just want to ensure that they feel safe in there there's also signs on the locker rooms lockers that say uh to wipe it down after you use them so we put like a little uh a wipe station in there too so they can wipe them down there's a trash can at the bottom just throw it in there and we're good to go just to keep it germ free in there as well well sid so far are you seeing a lot of compliance from your customers Absolutely. We have 100% compliance. I would say I haven't seen issues at all. And it also helps that uh, Major General Ozano comes through like every other day and also asks us, are there any problems? Is any customers giving us any problems? And what's that feedback? So when the top has your back, it makes enforcing all these different rules and changes 100 times easier. So from our top of our leadership all the way to the top of the base, everybody has our back. So we feel real comfortable enforcing the rules. And amongst that, we have had, every time I've told somebody anything, it's for their own health. They know that, so they comply immediately. I've had, uh, it's been a good stretch so far. I have no complaints about it. That's awesome to hear. What about the close contact sports, like in the basketball court? I forgot to ask you about that. Well, we're encouraging people, well, we encourage not to play full court, because obviously then you're guarding people close. Uh, so we don't bring out the clock. And uh, we just tell them when they go in there, you know, try to keep the distance away. You can shoot around. Try not to play no games. That's going to involve you get close contact. We have not shut that down yet. Neither have we shut down the racquetball courts. But just encourage people just, I mean, no getting close to each other. Just keep that distance. I think it's a lot easier in a racquetball court because you're not supposed to be real close playing each other anyway. Towards basketball, you're supposed to guard a man to stop him. So it's a little difficult. You might have to tell people more times on the basketball court, but they are still open as of now. Sid, is there anything you want to add that I didn't think to ask you? Uh, I'd just like to say uh, we appreciate the support from the military side. They've given us uh, three augmentees just to help with the manning. So, I mean, Airman Ochoa, Senior Airman Fontanella, Tech Sergeant Credit, they've been awesome in enforcing the rules, getting in gear with us on what we're trying to do here. And then just the, the Senior Airman Enojos, who's already a part of the staff, but just putting in extra hours just to make sure we're up and running and just helping us out a lot to meet the requirements. Um, I mean, we're here pretty much for morale, so I'm glad we can stay open and uh, keep these airmen coming in, staying in shape for the mission that they have at hand. Well, shortly after our call ended, Sid called back to make sure that we also thank Staff Sergeant Smiley for him. You know, during this COVID-19 pandemic, the 412th Force Support Squadron has continued to ensure mission essential personnel are cared for. 
at the dining facility. The 35-member staff is providing some 340 hot meals per day for takeout only, protecting everyone from the virus. Other areas required to be at work are lodging, official mail, Club Muroc, as well as the contract food workers at the Cactus Cafe. In every area, 412 Force Support Squadron leadership has ensured safety measures are in place to protect everyone from the virus. Many thanks to today's guests for taking time out to share their stories and taking us beyond the test. We invite our listeners to submit their suggestions for future episodes by sending us an email at beyondtest at 412tw.us. Thanks to all for joining us. I'm Dawn Waldman for Edwards Beyond the Test.